Hey, yo, hey, what is going on, everybody? Today we got an interesting topic, and I want to just put it out there. We're going to be talking about Winston Churchill and Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, we're going to be digging back into history because we're going to look at a couple of things that uh, that they encountered, what they battled. I have a couple of untold, you know, maybe uh, more unpopular stories about their lives and uh, see what we can take away from these historical leaders. These men were both monumental leaders in our uh, history, in the world history. And so um, they got some interesting stuff here. Let's take a look. I got my cup of joe here. I hope you do as well or that you had already. Let's get this thing going. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Alrighty, so as we get started, I have here a couple of the speeches that Winston Churchill actually gave. Um, first one you're going to hear is one of the famous speeches that he said to the House uh, as he, the, like a few days after he was uh, elected as Prime Minister. Um, it was to the House of Commons uh, in 1940. And then I have another one that he gave to Haro. Uh, it was in 1949. Never, never, never give in. Let's listen here. Check them out. I'm telling you, these good. All right, here we go. I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. We have before us an ordeal of the most grievous kind. We have before us many, many long months of struggle and of suffering. You ask, what is our policy? I will say it is to wage war by sea, land, and air with all our might, with all the strength that God can give us. To wage war against a monstrous tyranny never surpassed in the dark and lamentable catalogue of human crime. That is our policy. To ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. For without victory there is no survival. Never give it. Never, never, never. In nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. All right, so I tell you what, if that doesn't get you going... I mean, come on. Talk about inspirational. That doesn't make you just want to get up and go fight. You know what I mean? Good stuff. So that's Winston Churchill again. Uh, first um, speech there was the his first speech to the House of Commons after he was prime minister, chosen as prime minister, three days after, actually. And then the very last part that never, never, never give in, that's when he visited Haro in 1941. Uh, again, good stuff just want to give you an example of just how how he used communication man just how he was able to inspire and man i'll tell you what that's got to got to get a fire going in you that'll make a dead man get up and get after it you know what i mean that's just got some that's just got something going on with it right there <laughs> all right so if you're like me leadership is it's a characteristic to admire right I mean, the ability to lead is in itself is captivating. The ability itself is just captivating. You know, you see somebody, they're able to face difficulties head on, and they, they're like, 
it's like a quarterback of a football team. They use each piece of the team accordingly, uh, according to like their strength. You know, if they if they got speed, they're gonna they're gonna throw some bombs to these people, right? So a leader is able to face difficulties head on and and able to use each piece of a team according to their strength to secure the victory. A good leader and a bad leader makes all the difference, especially in a battle, right? When you're in a battle, you want a good leader on your side. You don't want somebody who's going to be condescending and talking down on you. You want somebody who's who you can trust that's going to make the right decisions and the right choices. Now, like I mentioned earlier, we have two men here that we're going to look into. And I think, obviously, these men were good leaders. They made some some critical 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 moves in our history that made the world into what it is today so we're going to be talking about winston churchill and abraham lincoln and obviously they're both monumental leaders right historically monumental leaders and so first let's look at winston churchill he was one of the greatest leaders in history right in in britain british history he successfully led them through world war ii uh i know that he's also famous for inspiring speeches and his refusal to give in, even when things were going bad. I, I mean, I wrote a paper on him in college, um, a communication paper, uh, communication paper. It was basically on how to effectively communicate, and and his name would always pop up in my research. So I ended up doing it on him and writing about him because he was such a great speaker, and he was able to inspire and just able to 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 build people up through that. So he was famous for his inspiring speeches. Uh, he went. He he helped them go from the brink of defeat to victory, and he helped shape the Allies' war strategy and warned of the West, uh, warned the West of the Soviet Union threat and all that stuff. Um, but this isn't all just glitz and glamour, though. When we look at his life, he actually suffered from really bad depression. Now that might sound as a shock to you, but there's a, a lot of, actually a lot of, I guess, evidence of this. I mean, let, let's, let's look at it this here, right? One of his children committed suicide. At one point, he was probably the most hated political figure in his nation. He did at one point make some uh, uh, move in, move the economic, it, it, the economy in Britain was pretty poor at uh, one point because of the decisions that he made. So at one point, he's, he was the, probably the most hated political figure. And he didn't even want to spend the night in a room with a balcony because his fear... Of depression he didn't even at his even when he was um you know prime minister he didn't want to stay in a room that had a balcony in it because he didn't he didn't trust himself that he wouldn't kill himself over the balcony he, he was so worried that he would uh, come this bout of depression would come on and it would be too great and something like that would happen this is how bad he was tormented Okay, that's that's Winston Churchill. Let's look at Abraham Lincoln here. So he's ar- arguably one of the greatest presidents we've ever had, right, in the U.S. That's right, Abraham Lincoln. Good old Abe. Of course, he helped abolish slavery. Of course, everybody knows that. Emancipation Proclamation, um, you know, took further actions to unite the nation once again and free the slaves. Famous for the Gettysburg Address, all of this stuff, right? But he also dealt with depression and was occasionally suicidal, Occasionally, he had he had these these crazy bouts uh, of fantasizing about committing suicide. His best friend said he dripped melancholy. Another said he had the saddest face he ever saw. I mean, if your friends are saying that about you, then that 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 probably means that you got you got a problem, right? 
Now we have all kind of faced similar issues. I know that it's not always the case, but let's let's go on with Abraham Lincoln here. He was haunted by grief. Listen to this. His younger brother died when he was young. Mother died when Abraham was nine. His sister died when he was 16. And the first women that many historians say, the first woman he ever loved also died young. And he referred to this depression he would slip in. He referred to it as the hypo. And that was actually a term that they used back in the day for many different syndromes. Um, but it, depression was one of them that w- included one of the, the syndromes that was referred to as the hypo. So these guys obviously had these issues, right? They battled against these these uncertainties and these they obviously had met much grief in their life. They experienced many different things that understandably so gave them a, a hard they had a hard time living with these things. The same can go for us. We can have such a hard time living with things that go on in our life and we have such an issue with dealing with certain stress and dealing with, you know, the death of a loved one. Uh, All these things, right, can cause this to come on to us. But the thing is here is you have to realize that you can overcome this, right? And obviously Winston and Abraham Lincoln had, had... the, they, they did that with, with their lives and what they accomplished. And we're going to go over that here in a second. But I just want to point out that depression is something that actually does really happen. And not just depression, but emotionally instability also can really cause us to, to struggle, man. It can really cause us to struggle. And rightfully so. There are times when we understandably, it's understandably it's reasonable to to be down, right? I mean, I remember when my father died um, a couple years ago, and I have never experienced depression before in my life. But you know, I was I he died. It was expected. He had cancer, and you know, so it wasn't abrupt or anything. But you know, it was my father, and I remember the next few days, I was just I didn't want to do anything. I was lazy. I just lay down in bed, kind of got up, was kind of moody here and there. And I was talking to one of my coworkers at the time. And he was like, bro, it's probably because you're, you're, you're depressed. You're, you're probably experiencing depression, like your body is like you, your brain, your brain might feel fine. But your body is experiencing it. And I in my head, I'm thinking, that might be it. Cause I was talking about, you know, I was just lazy that week and all that stuff. And he would just ask me how I was doing and stuff. Cause he heard the news and so I'm thinking in my mind, like, you know, I'm thinking I'm fine. You know, I don't, I don't even relate to this. I expected it. And, and, you know, I, uh, made men's with my dad before he passed away and all these things. And so I'm not even thinking about that, but, but I truly was depressed and that, that's, that's what it was, you know, but I had to make sure that I wasn't going to let it overcome me. I wasn't going to let this over, this depression over, uh, I was going to be overcome with, with depression. And I even talked to my buddies. I talk, I remember talking to my good friend Shane. Shout out to you, Shane. He helped me out. I know uh, uh, TJ helped me out. There's there were so many friends I was able to to talk to, but they kind of pointed out, you know, the issues that I that I was facing. And so depression is a real thing, and it's something that we all experience. But we have to make sure we can overcome the issues and overcome the depression. And let's listen to what Winston Churchill and Abraham both did to overcome their depression and their issues. Now, Lincoln grew. He changed. He learned to silence and, and master his thoughts. He disciplined his mind. 
And by doing this, he was able to produce something in his life that gave him a unique perspective of it, a unique perspective of life. And by doing this, by reaping the good, or not reaping, but by picking up the, the good of what he was experiencing, he was able to craft it into something that gave him a unique perspective and, and look at what he accomplished with that, right? Look at Winston Churchill. He reached the pinnacle of his life, I would say, in his late years. You know, uh, in, his, in his early on years, he, w- he was, was a child. He had a pretty, pretty crazy childhood. You can read about it. His father was, was extremely uh, verbally abusive to him and all this other stuff. But later on in his life, as he f- accomplished things and everything like that, and he grew... He was probably at the pinnacle of his life at, at the end of his life, which is probably somewhere we all want to be. We always want to be trending upward, right? I mean, shoot, I'm not even in my prime yet, and I'm 27. <laughs> I'm just playing. So he, I mean, listen to this. Listen to this little story. He received a letter when he was in his 90s, and it was from a nine-year-old girl. She was from South America, and the letter was addressed to the greatest man alive. Now, reading this about this a little bit, this letter wasn't even addressed anywhere. It didn't have it didn't have a stamp, or no, it was addressed. Sorry, it was addressed. That's how it got there, but it didn't have a stamp, and it didn't have an actual name on the letter. But the post office is actually the one who completed all this little girl's, um, you know, the, I guess envelope, so that way it can get to who it was supposed to get to. So they made that happen, and he ended up getting that in his 90s from the greatest man alive. That's just further evidence. You know, he was at the pinnacle later in his years and who the generations after him that he had affected by his decisions. Now, he made a choice. He could have grown bitter towards his father. Like I said, he had a rough childhood. His father was extremely verbally verbally abusive. It's actually very interesting to read how he overcame um, overcame that as he grew. You know, he could have been happy that his father died. He could have been overgrown with bitter bitterness. But the dreams he had of the camaraderie with his father is actually what he used to catapult him to pursue his, his dad's aims and his memory. So what I'm saying here is, is although all this bad stuff happened with his dad, right? The negativity and all this, you know, talking down and, and, and all these things that Winston Churchill faced as a child... The, what he was able to do is that he actually drew purpose from that terrible relationship. What he wanted out of that relationship, the camaraderie, the bonded, bonding that he wanted with his father, is actually what he, got, what he gained from that relationship, what he used from that relationship to catapult him to actually pursue what his dad wanted him, wanted his aims to be, and what uh, he wanted Winston Churchill to do. That's what he used. Now, he drew purpose from that. Even though it was terrible, he drew purpose from that terrible relationship. I would say we can do the same exact thing. We can draw purpose even from the most terrible circumstances. Now, they both made a choice. And obviously a choice that propelled them, right? They transformed brutal past events into fuel for great actions. They didn't deny depression happened, but chose not to let it lord over their life. It it wasn't something that they were just going to let control them. Now, this excerpt is actually from uh, from an interesting book that um, 
I actually really enjoyed. It's called Mansfield's Book of Manly Men. It's by Stephen Mansfield. Now it says this, If a man does not arrive at a meaning for his pains, and if that meaning does not evolve into a mandate for his future, there he is very, then he is very likely to allow his sufferings to crush him. He'll use them as an excuse for failure, a barrier against people, and a shield against his own emotions. Now, that right there is a solid, solid point, right? If you don't arrive at, hey, look, I'm suffering this for a reason, and this reason should this reason that you you realize should should be giving giving you a way to evolve a way to transform or or a way to shoot to be better in the future then if you don't have that then that it's very likely that you're just going to get crushed by these sufferings you have to pick the good out of it right you have to pick the good out of it even the worst situations you got to pick the good out of it now we must make a choice how do we overcome such hard circumstances? How do we overcome such hard circumstances? We learn from them, right? Look back and remember how you responded to a bad, uh, a bad situation, a hard circumstance. Were you using wounds as an excuse to respond poorly? You know, when you got hurt from before in the past, are you continually using these wounds as an excuse to respond in a, in a poor manner? We must realize that there's always good that we can build upon, even in painful circumstances. I mean, look, Churchill did it. Lincoln did it. These guys had some pretty, pretty gnarly childhoods, right? I mean, Lincoln experienced uh, the death of a loved one multiple times before he was an adult. And Winston Churchill had these, all these situations happen before he was, you know, a political figure. And they experienced all these bad painful circumstances but they were able to pull the good out of them and build upon them now i mean think about this because a coach may have humiliated you right he may have said i I mean okay let me think about this let me say my own personal experience i remember i was in high school i played football for gosh i don't even know eight years i played pop warner played through middle school and then finally got to high school played on the high school team and all that now i remember my coach giving me a hard time about ball security. I was a running back, a uh, slot receiver, and there was one play, there was one play where I fumbled the ball twice, twice in one play, and he never let it go, and he would give me a hard time, and he'd always be like, Lopez, you got to fumble that ball twice again, you know, all, the, all this stuff, and but I'll tell you what, it was humiliating because it was embarrassing. I don't, I don't know anybody else in my school that fumbled twice in one play. But you know what? It taught me that I need to work at my ball security. It taught me some work ethic when it came to figuring out my weaknesses are and fixing them, right? He, I got humiliated, but he taught me work ethic. Now, think about this. Like, uh, your boss... May have stressed you out with all these tasks. You you got to get this done. We have a sales meeting. We got we got to get this done. We got to talk to executives here, whatever. And you're stressed out. You're stressed out. But you also learn time to manage time management. So yeah, that situation sucked. You were stressed out with all this time that you had to deal with and limited this and limit that and blah blah blah. But you learned how to manage your time. You learned how to be efficient. You learned how to how to 
how to not let it control you, but you control it, right? You learn to manage time. There's always good to pick from these bad situations, these these less than ideal situations, right? There's something to pick from them and we can learn from them. You can pull the good out of it. Now, here comes the best part of the podcast. Are you ready for it? This is where it is. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? We make a choice to search through nonsense, uh, the pile of junk, through the rubble, and we can find the good and extend it. Well, what do you mean by extend it? I mean, we can draw purpose from the hardship. Take the work ethic that you learned from your coach and, and you can do something with it. You know, same with time management. You can do things with, with these things that, uh, that you've learned from these skills, these abilities that you learned from these poor situations. Well, you can take these abilities that you learned and you can build upon them and continue to extend the good that came out of that poor situation. We must act. We must act about it. We, we, must, we must act about it. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> we must act. We need to stop using, you know, our words. Uh, or, sorry, we need to stop using, you know, our wounds as excuses. No relieving ourselves from duty any longer. Step out and do it. Move forward. Achieve what you were supposed to and achieve where you were supposed to fail and answer the curses with a life well lived, man. That's what you can do right there. You need to achieve. Yeah, you're going to fail. You're going to, it's going to suck. You're going to fail. I talked about that in the last show, right? But look, you can answer the curses with a life that's well lived. I mean, look at, I got a quote here from Michael Jordan. He says this, I have missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I have lost almost 300 games. On 26 occasions, I have been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. I have failed over and over and over in my life, and that's precisely why I succeed. Now, that's from the book The Sign of Swish. It's by Robert Goldman and Stephen Papson. That's Michael Jordan, right? Failure is going to come. Hardships are going to happen. It's life, right? But it's about how you respond to that. How are you going to respond to the bad situation in your life? You can take that bad bad situation and turn it into good. You can. You can do that by having a different perspective on it. You know, I I urge you to respond by finding the good in, in even the most terrible situation. That can be done by being thankful. That can be done by being thankful. Like even in the worst circumstance, you can you can still be thankful. Now, I think about the movie Courageous, and I remember this because it kind of stuck with me. And now, the the dad in that movie, you ever seen this movie? Uh, it's actually pretty good. Um, it's called Courageous, and it's about, you know, the, in, in that movie, the the daughter in that movie of the main character, she dies. She's young. She's maybe, I, I think she might be eight. She's in a car accident, and she ended up dying. Now, the dad has a hard time dealing with this, right? And rightfully so. I don't, I, I couldn't even imagine but he ends up taking a different stance and he's actually giving thanks to God. He says, thank you for the time with my daughter rather than him being mad that she died young. He leaves the bitterness behind and he says, you know what? You know, God, I'm not going to be mad at you, but I'm actually going to be thankful for the time that you gave me with my daughter. 
So when you flip the situation around, you say, you know what? I'm thankful for this circumstance. I'm, I'm thankful and I'm grateful for this because, you, because when you do that, it helps you to, to garnish the good, to take the good out of that situation and learn from that and build on top of that and extend it. I talked about my dad earlier. You know what? I, I, I realized that there was that the relationship that I had with my dad wasn't the greatest, but you know what? I'm going to pick the good things out of that relationship that I had with my father, and I want to pass that down to my son. I want me and my son to have that same exact uh, experience when it comes to those certain things, you know, because, because it was it was – it was awesome. And so you got to make a choice. You got to make a choice. The challenge here, make a choice, find the good and extend it. Act. You must act. Be like Churchill, be like Lincoln and attempt great actions instead of using excuses that have been provided by our past painful circumstances stop using the excuses as a cop-out stop using as the excuses as as uh you know the reason why you're able to act in that certain manner and respond in a certain manner because of the wounds that you've you've had from the past stop using those excuses find the good in that situation act upon it and extend it be like churchill be like lincoln these men obviously grew to be humongous humongous leaders that made these insanely historical changes in our past and we need a place where people are able to step up you need to get to a place where you're able to step up and realize you know what yeah this might suck right now but i'm going to take the good from this i'm going to learn from it and i'm going to push forward i'm going to move forward and i'm going to act and i'm going to extend this good to other areas of my life that's what i got what i got for you this morning i hope all of y'all enjoy if you did enjoy please leave a five-star review that would greatly help me greatly help the podcast let me know what you think you're more than welcome to hit me up on uh email tonyflowpodcast at gmail.com um hit me up there i accept all the love mail and the hate mail you know what i'm saying (laughs) let me know what you guys think uh you know what that's all i got thank you for listening I'm out.